0: This is Just Goody, and we want to say big up, we speak English good, for their quality programming. Herb tree, herb tree, blazing all the time. Hey everybody, this is Just Goody, and this is our brand new track entitled Herb Tree. It's about a guy who works hard all day, comes home from work, and loves to spend time with his lady and his herb tree. We hope you enjoy. All day, can't wait to get home Been missing you all damn day Gonna light up a cone Take a hit and I'm floating away You by my side and the eye is great Like a fast car shifting lanes Straight to my brain Herb tree, herb tree Blazing all the time Herb tree, herb tree, blazing all the time You and me together walk, Nothing would be better known Herb tree, herb tree, blazing all the time side in the highest grid, like a fast car shifting lane, straight to my brain. Herb tree, herb tree, blazing all the time. Herb tree, herb tree, blazing all the time. You and me together whoa. In a way, you by my side, and the eye is great. Like a fast guy shifting lanes. straight to my brain. Herb tree, herb tree. Blazing all the time. Herb tree, herb tree. Blazing all the time.
1: Just Goody with his latest single, Herb Tree. You can find a link for the video in the show notes. So please go click around and go click on his website and give your boy some love. Just Goody's been on the show before with his lovely partner, Zan, and they're just great people. And I suggest... I firmly suggest that you go out and and give some love to them. I also want to take this time to show some love to our new friends, Noteworthy PR. We are going to be partnering to bring you folks the best, the freshest, and the hottest new artists that this world has to offer i'm super excited to be linking up with noteworthy these people are friends of mine and i know that together we're gonna bring you guys some really great artists i cannot wait and Goody is just the beginning and if you need any pr needs please go visit our friends at noteworthypublications.com oh my bad noteworthy public Relations.com. let's just spell that out so we don't get this wrong it's noteworthy n-o-t-e w-o-r-t-h-y p-u-b-l-i-c-r-e-l-a-t-i-o-n-s dot com go get yourself some all right noteworthy pr <laughs> i think i think that's everything okay guys let- let's start the show let's start this damn show <laughs> Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Cathasaurus. Cathasaurus is a cat wrangler, a mangler of music, and all things uh, pure. I don't know. Cathasaurus <laughs> uh, is actually a very intelligent uh, human being who works in the tech world, but I know she didn't want me to uh, uh, put too much uh too much in her titles so we're just gonna keep it with what she gave me cat wrangler and mangler of music um i i i had a wonderful conversation with cathasaurus cathasaurus is a community member in uh on the twitch stream uh but also cathasaurus is just you know cathasaurus gets around and uh i love cathasaurus like if you follow cathasaurus on twitter Uh, which there's a link in the show notes. You can tell that Kathasaurus gets after it. Uh, Cathosaurus is a very vocal social activist, and uh, I I really enjoyed this conversation. And, of course, we're not always going to be agreeing on every single thing here, as usual, but, like, at the end of the day, we're able to laugh and and do the titty jiggle, which I suggest everyone to go and (laughs) watch the video version of this because uh we do the titty jiggle which i i know that i know you guys probably don't know what that means and that's fine that's something that happens on my wife's stream and uh it, it's just involves shaking your your breasts so uh <laughs> go ahead check out the video version in the show notes there's a link directly to the youtube video so go and get yourself some uh visuals Cathosaurus is coming up in just a few moments, but first go to com R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E dot com. Go check out her latest single, Where Are You Now? She has some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So stay following and stay up to date with what she's doing. She streams Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Mystique. Go get your Mystique. Uh, you can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch. We are streaming every Monday and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are... Uh, we, we got... All kinds of cool stuff coming up on the show, including Michael Manring. I don't know if you've ever heard of Michael Manring. He's an amazing bass player. I can't wait to talk to this dude. We got all kinds of cool Twitch. We got a Twitch partner, Anna Camella, coming up. So I am so excited for this next few months, uh, or at least this next month, or the rest of this month, or whatever. I, you know what? It's just I just got back from uh, Labor Dave weekend, which is Dave Matthews at the Gorge. Whoa, oh my god! What a fucking, what a fucking crazy time that was. <clears throat> I'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this, but let's get uh, let's get through this, shall we? If you want to support the show monetarily, please go and check out our Threadless store. It has t-shirts, mugs, all kinds of merch. Go and support the show. We WeSpeakEnglishGood.Threadless.com. Go out there and get yourself some WSEG merch. It'll make your dick bigger if you ain't got a dick it'll grow a dick and make it bigger boom boom you can thank me later boom uh let's see what else we got going on here you can like subscribe review like us on facebook instagram uh fucking the tiktok all of the shits were there go get them the links are in the show notes. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTubes and the Twitches. You can also leave a review for the show. Now, this is a very helpful, free thing you can do to help the show. Just go on to your Apple iTunes account, write a review. Uh, if you like the show, give us a five star and we'll read the review on the air even if it's not a five-star review and you know you write something it's fine i'll go with it oh it's so weird in fact i gotta go check on that because sometimes you guys put some shit in there and i don't even know what's going on so Uh, I'm, i'm a little verklempt um what you know what we got the new theme song is out uh, if you like the theme song to this podcast, it's a one minute and seven seconds of hot fire, so go out and listen to it. Uh, it's out on Spotify. You can find links in the show notes. We also have a new song coming out under the moniker WSEG. Uh, we, it's called Hamburger 2099. It's a stupid name. I just didn't know what else to name it. Um, it happens like that sometimes. you know, You, know. Uh, it's an instrumental song, so... It's just whatever works. So that's what ended up coming out of it. So there it is. We got a new song coming out on September 20th. So please go and get the pre-save. The pre-saves are in the show notes, or you can just go to WeSpeakEnglishGood.com, and there's a splash page that will take you right to the pre-save for your Spotify listening pleasures. Uh, Let's see. That's about it. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, guys. So, uh, again, I'm just getting back into everything. I, I just got off the road. Um, I, I'll tell you all about it on the other side. Let's just uh, go ahead and get into this conversation that I had with the very intelligent and funny as fuck. Caththasaurus. Uh, Motherfuckers, get your notebooks. There's going to be a quiz i didn't want to be rude cat but uh i i i just mask up for this i just you know i heard the delta variant is 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 going off over there so
2: oh we got it bad we got it bad
1: how is it by the way how is the thing i mean it seems like the lockdowns
2: aren't as intense anymore, but Well, we're not in lockdown anymore, but the infections are going back up. I think the last I saw was thirty-two thousand new cases yesterday. Oh so my God. it's kind of yeah.
1: What, what do you think? Do you think the country will lock down again? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. What do you think uh, you think America will lock down again?
2: Um just to be honest, I don't really know. Do you think you should?
1: Have people learned? <laughs> um, no. Well, I I personally don't think we should. I, I I don't think it's it's healthy for our 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 economy, which is uh, is dwindling down pretty well. A lot of people think that the economy is doing well, but but uh, but a lot of people say it's not. I can't say that I understand all that much, but, you know, I don't think it would be good for us to do it just because of the nature of who we are as a people, and I think everyone saw what happened last year when the lockdowns went on, so uh, (laughs) I don't think it's a great idea, but I don't think, but I don't know, you know, uh, the death rates are going down, but the infections are going up, so I'm not sure if it's it's called for, you know, and I I don't want to be insensitive here because I know a lot of people... Uh, suffered greatly from this pandemic, so uh, you know, I, I hope not. Is what I think. <laughs> is what I, I don't. But I don't think that we, we would do well with it. What's up, Wild But Sober? Welcome, buddy.
2: I was gonna say, we're, uh, as far as the UK is concerned, the schools are just about to reopen. Um, at the moment, children have not been offered the vaccination. Hmm. Schools are reopening without mask mandates, without anything like that, without any kind of ventilation or. Preventative measures of that nature, so you've got to think that um, it's going to run rampant again for yeah. the third time. Yeah. So we kind of the first the first wave of lockdowns saw people in um, like nursing homes and old people's homes take the brunt of the deaths, and we had like over 150,000 deaths excess over what should have been uh, at that time. Um, then as we, we've had our Basically, most of our vaccine rollout through adults, but they still haven't decided whether to vaccinate children, hmm. which seems ludicrous to me. To at least offer it. Um, so, what's going to happen when schools reopen? I think it's just a, a world of hurt. But yeah. you know, nobody listens to me. so
1: <laughs> Papa princess, welcome in. Uh do you do you think that uh, do you think that at some point the UK should? Lockdown if it gets out of if, if the infection rate keeps going the way it is.
2: Or, or... Um, I don't I don't think there's going to be any choice uh, on both the occasions that we did it we locked down too late and um, after ignoring most of the advice from scientists who were saying we need to do it. Um, I don't doubt that the same thing will occur this time. So if we do lock down, they'll do it too late after the horse is bolted mm. uh, and probably end up opening up too soon there is now a significant proportion i would say significant um proportion of the population that don't believe in um in the science think you know think of quotes um people who won't mask up who won't take the vaccine who've listened to people who really ought to shut up um, who uh, 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 and uh, espouse themselves as being experts? They probably the same say the same thing about me, but you know that's up to them. Um, I don't see it as being. Uh, I think there will be a lot more deaths. Yes, I do. Sadly, right. and I'm and I'm sad about that. I am, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Wow. That's crazy. There, there will always be non-believers. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you don't think that the masks, I mean, like the thing is that you can't just say the masks don't do anything and that the vaccines don't do anything. And that's what I'm hearing from some people where it's like, they do absolutely nothing, you know, like, and it's like, well, even on a, just when you think about it in a logical layman way, when you talk, you tend to spit. Okay, so if and if you sneeze or whatever, it tends the uh, liquid comes out. So having at least a barrier there is, seems to make sense. Now, when they're talking about air, air saturation and such, well, then I, I can see the point on how masks can sort of, you know, lack in, in 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 being. You know, if you're in a room with somebody, even if everybody is masked up. And the room, you know, even if you're six feet apart, the air is going to saturate with the virus eventually because the it's going through the mask. Um, so there is that side of it where you have sort of air saturation isn't going to be stopped by a mask. Neither is six feet apart. I'm not advocating for not, you know, for six feet distance or, or you know, whatever. But I'm just saying I see that side of where people are making that point.
2: Yeah, I'm, but I was reading some things on Twitter today. I mean, that there are there are sort of scare stories that are now being propagated in the UK along the lines of if you've taken the virus, this virus will rewrite your mRNA. Um, there are only so many. Each shot that you take weakens the system. Will improve. Will increase the prospects of your body losing its ability to fight off any infection. Everybody who's taken the shot will die. You know, I'm sitting here thinking this is based on what science right. and and yet these people are being listened to and they're being believed. And you know, do I really want to be do i really want to be sharing you know a, a train or a shop or what have you with people who believe who, for whom this is kind of like the core of their being now mm. you know that this this belief that uh, not only are vaccinations bad in general but this vaccination is bad in particular mm. because woo-woo um no well there there is there are
1: people having adverse effects and there's people with breakthrough cases you know these these sort of things and then we have our, especially in america we had our government uh, you know lie to us several times uh, in different ways mass no mass Take the vaccine. Don't take the vaccine. Gover- you know, governments
2: lie to you. What is this nonsense you're talking <laughs> about? Governments never lie to
1: us. Well, but but you can see how people could get a little off put by you getting all these mixed messages. There are, I mean, there are breakthrough cases. There are, you know, people are getting sick from, and it's less than, which you know, thank God that 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 they're not. Uh, is fully affected by the virus as that as they could be. But I mean, you know, there's still no denying that there's adverse reactions. There's people mm-hmm. dying. There's uh, governments lying. Uh, people all around us telling us different things. The media telling us different things. I mean, I, I can see how people get a little confused on what's real, what's not, and what's safe and what, you know, what's harmful. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, how does that fall on your ears?
2: Um, I've never had smallpox. I've never had measles. I've never had chicken, you know, I've never had any of the disease. I've never had polio, Mm. all of the diseases, which were wiped out by vaccinations, um, or wiped out by vaccinations really from the population, um, in the 10, 20, 30, 50 years before I was born. So do I kind so do I think that generally they're a good rather than a, um, than this great unknown? Yes, I do. Were these vaccinations rushed through very quickly? Well, they seem to come through very quickly, but they were based on science, which was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old. So it wasn't that there was a new process behind these vaccinations. Uh, It was that they were based upon, you know, an an existing body of knowledge. Do I trust that body of knowledge? Yes, I do. Do I think, do I feel better for having been double jabbed? Yes, I do. Am I worried that I'm going to, you know, fall over with my um, my mRNA falling falling apart or leaving the other, or anything else? Well, if it does, well then more for me. Yeah. But I feel better that I've had it done. Hmm. I feel like I'm doing my part for the community of people, including people in my own family and close circle who can't be vaccinated because of other existing conditions. Mm-hmm. So my part of helping to, you know, to reduce the number of people who can become reservoirs of vaccine is as much to help protect them as it is anybody else and also people i don't know anybody that i don't know Mm -hmm. but with whom i might come into contact with their contacts you know i've done my little bit to try and help cut down the you know the the transmission to them i feel okay about that yeah
1: yeah yeah And, and that's you know go get vaccinated folks enjoy that get that done uh what's up bike me uh well breath that goes around the mask or straight out for the people that insist oh insist on lifting to speak yeah well i mean the the, the it's just air goes straight through your mask i mean if you blow out through your mask air is coming out and and the particles that make up the virus are definitely smaller than the little cotton fibers on your little double cotton thing that you bought at the store, you know?
2: Yeah. I've just seen what Poppet princess has put in the, uh, in the, um, in the chat. And absolutely. I mean, we had some absolute, you know, farcical situations where we're told to do one thing by, you know, by, yes. by, by our, our our great leaders. <laughs> uh, but yet what they actually do themselves is completely the completely opposite, right. you know, and uh, thankfully he was forced to, well, thankfully, finally, one of the government resigned over some, uh, over something that, that uh, you know, that any reasonable uh, member of government would have, res- would have resigned over. He did finally, he was forced out. Good on him. Or good, good that he did.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's the, that's another thing, you know, I mean, on top of like these, these companies who have no, they, it, it, you know, they have no accountability. So if people are getting hurt and dying from it, there's no accountability. There's, you know, there's no courts involved because it's just a free run it just today was approved by the fda here pfizer's was just today approved by the fda <laughs> today so yeah. i mean i see all the different back and forth and what's wrong but the most disgusting part about it was when you did see our leaders fucking a out in california which you know uh he was such a joke uh, he was out there having dinners, making deals with movie companies. I remember seeing a video where this lady she spent all this money to get her her restaurant in outdoor dining, you know, get it up to standards, and then LA decided to no, no outdoor dining either, none. And then she literally walks around the corner and sees an entire movie production with people eating outside. And so it turned into this like really, you know, have have not situation where like, we, you know, people who didn't have anything were just sort of shit out of luck. And if you had money, you could do whatever you wanted still. So yeah. there was a lot of mixed messages going to people about this whole virus, the vaccine, the just just how how our leaders act, how the media presents the situation. I, I mean, like I, I definitely see why people are scared and why people are, are questioning everything now. So I mean it's it's a it's just a weird time you know, and, and if you're looking at it from, you know, that, that tinfoil hat perspective, you can see why this this company, this well, you could see why this this uh, like Pfizer wants to push everybody into getting this because they just raised their rates on, on our government, they they raise the rates per vaccine dosage. Why oh. wouldn't they want us to buy as many as possible to 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 inject people with? And and I know the other side of that is like, well, they want people to fucking not die from the virus. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of different sides of this and it, it all makes me uncomfortable. But again, you know, I, I'm not trying to say anything about don't wear a mask or don't get vaccinated because goddamn it, do what you got to do. And even more importantly, don't listen to people like me about it. Go to your goddamn doctor. Okay, <laughs> go to your doctor, go and talk to somebody who knows you and knows your health history and find out if the vaccine is right for you. Sound like I just sold fucking, like, sold some medication. Uh, (laughs) Robbie, my school is going back in person with everyone. I work at a private school. We are testing everyone, kids and adults, once a week, if vaccinated, and twice, if not. Damn. That's a lot. Gnome Fire, what's up? Hey, in New York, people are just being dumb and acting like it's over. Yeah, I think that's everywhere, right? like me it's just terribly sad that it takes the mask and vaccine denying officials getting sick for them to change their perspective yeah it is a little weird huh honestly if you remove the last 10 years at any point in history people would have been running to get the vaccine yeah well and also i don't know but the vaccine like again this whole vaccine uh, always a good monday <laughs> thank you baba it, but the Shit, yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. I got distracted by chat. Anyways, cat, uh, you want to add anything else here? I'm just sort of reading chat, going at it.
2: Uh, I'm watching. Basically, my main interest in the in the in what happens with COVID and infection rates and so on. Here is, you know, I'm waiting to get out of this country. Uh, first weekend, well, basically the first of November or as soon thereafter as I can get on a train. And what I don't want to have happen is, you know, borders to be closed to us again or countries, you know, blacklist us, red us, whatever term you want to use um, so that I can't get out. So that's an entirely selfish point of view. But I mean, I've had my double vaccinations. I've got my um, EU approved um, proof of or vaccination passport. And, and, you know, that's a whole other uh, hill of beans that people have set the face against that we should not uh, have to produce uh, some kind of proof that we've been vaccinated. And I could okay, no, I want to show my proof. Let me get the hell out of this place. So um yeah, take my passport, please. Hey numfire. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: Wood Wilder. So people from East Coast started coming started coming to Florida for business. Oh wait, Florida had the best economies throughout the pandemic though. Yeah. Well, yeah. And here's the other thing about the United States is that even the the places that didn't mask or never shut down had the same, it was about the same uh, death rates, same infection rates. So there is a little bit of conflicting evidence on how much all uh, the effectiveness of all this is. Um, but, you know, uh, we're going to go on and <laughs> governments are going to make their decisions the way they are and will have to just either fall in line the passport thing uh, as an American I just fundamentally I just am against it like I just think that it's just such a horribly invasive thing uh, it, I, 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 I hate the fact that like in New York City uh, when you think about it like this uh, in New York City right they've sort of made it so you have to have your vaccinations to get into most places. Uh, Even the stupid fucking mayor got on TV was like, if you want your life back, if you want old New York to come back, well, blah, 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 blah. The problem is, is that the people, the majority of the people who are not vaccinated are the people, are, are the poorest and, and, and they're, they're the minority peoples. And it, how is this going to affect them, the people who are the least amount a least vaccinated, how is this gonna affect their day-to-day life? Uh, are they gonna be were, pe- were
2: people in the US being charged for vaccine? My no, no, understanding no. was that it? no, it's free. Yeah. So to say so then my it then says why are why if it's true that that is the section or the cohort that is least vaccinated, why is that? Why has the message that this free um Medical good or uh, or or wonder or however you want to. Pro- why haven't they taken it up? If that's the case, where where's the disconnect? Where is the
1: it, the <laughs> disconnect? Is in the amount. Oh, okay, first of all, Tastigia the tustigia, um the, Well, project. yeah, okay, that's okay, fair enough. I I I can see why there are why why there's portions of the POC communities that are like, hey. We
0: extremely weird, leery
2: of being yes. experimented on by by government, right? By, by white government, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
1: And um, and then and then you also have the the horrible amount of misinformation that's given out by our media, governments, and medical uh, medical communities. The thing is that there's misinformation everywhere. The goddamn presidents dammers misinformation all the time he just said that we had 350 million vaccinated people and we're doing fine huh what what the fuck you idiot Uh, i voted for him (laughs) i voted for that piece of shit uh but you know i when you see all the this conflicting information you have this horrible history of being experimented on oh, I I I can I, I completely understand why people are uh, out of sorts about this especially Americans we tend to be a little bit more combative about everything and so I, I I don't know I, I don't know how we would even get past this I did see I did see like some good ideas on how to sort of get people um, in, get people more excited about, excited about getting vaccinated, but, uh, you know, like by appealing to the, the the demographic. So like you have a a huge swath of Trump supporters who are definitely, you know, QAnon, they're in, right. (laughs) You know, nothing gets Trump supporters, everybody, if you vote for Trump, whatever, that's on you. Fuck that guy. Uh, but, the the uh but but you know if we had trump which he just did by the way trump get on tv be like go get vaccinated maybe that would get people maybe have charlemagne the god get on 10106 in the park and, and be like yo let's get vaccinated let's go you know like maybe have maybe actually put in effort to reach these demographics uh that are you know unvaccinated obviously there's people that are just never going to do it and and you know whatever but it it's just it seems like the effort has been very much um it's been concentrated on just it, it just been very concentrated on like um on, on like maybe middle class america you know what i mean mostly I, I, if that makes sense i don't know as an outsider if that makes sense but it's a it. It seems like it's just been marketed to white people, as a, I guess as what I'm saying. Um, it it seems like very little effort has been to market this drug to everyone else. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just in my own little bubble. I don't trust politicians. I do trust science. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think? I mean, do, I? I know you're like in your way with uh with you know get vaccinated. Get you know stay safe but i mean do you can you see the other side do you see how this could be an issue for especially for americans
2: <laughs> for americans yes definitely <laughs> but then again i think of uh, i mean as a, as a as a comparison think about places around the world in africa or in um, in asia where they're absolutely desperate and always want to get access to Uh, medicines and vaccines and what have you because they don't have them because they realize you know the downside of getting something like polio or one of those you know horrible diseases that can be quite easily and effectively treated Uh, the message there doesn't doesn't have such a uh, they don't have to be convinced quite so much and um, I wonder if We've become just a little bit too complacent in the West. You know, we've got used to the fact that we don't have these horrible diseases that we used to have to deal with um, because they've been largely vaccinated out of the population and herd immunity has been built up. uh, And therefore, there is now a, I don't know, almost like a a blasé attitude to it. Well, I'll be all right. You know, I'm in good health. I take lots of vitamins. You know, I pump bleach into my blood. I shine lots of ultraviolet lights on me. Of course, I'm going to be fine. (laughs) You know, isn't isn't that isn't that how it works? Like, didn't I hear a president of, the, of a certain country saying that not so many months ago? <laughs> Woo!
1: <laughs> Whoa! Snap. Hey, golly! No, no, yeah. Um, again, fuck that guy. But the mm. uh, I I, it, I I just see. I can just see it. And whether this is the wrong decision or not to you know not get vaccinated or or to get vaccinated, it, it, we'll see because. Again, this is an experimental. I mean, I thing. see. So, sorry, just uh,
2: please just interject. I, I, was, I was reading today about uh, in California that uh, public, public, public sector workers are now being told basically vaccinate or you're out of a job. Yeah, you know, um, and there are like 150, I think it was, law enforcement officers in the city of San Francisco saying we don't want to get vaccinated, and basically they're being told. You know, do it, or you're going to be out of a job. Um, maybe that's what it takes. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that such a heavy-handed approach is necessary. But if you make people think about it in those kind of hard economic terms, maybe that will snap through some of the the fud yeah. and the uh, and the misinformation that the you know, the QAnons and and their like will quite happily. Um, Spread around. Sorry for any QAnon supporters out there. <laughs> not sorry. But,
1: uh, yeah. By the way, it's not just QAnon who's spreading misinformation. Again, our own president is spread is spreading misinformation. So, just just so we can, get, I'm not trying to. Okay, g-
2: in the in the interest of in the interest of balance, in so,
1: uh, <laughs> the interest of that. balance, our fucking. Oh my God! Our doddering old fool of a president is doing that. Um, I, I, you know what? The disconnect is. Uh, um, I'm reading this from Charzars. The disconnect is that we, that even though you're vaccinated, you can still spread the virus. So in essence, governments or private industry are creating a new class of citizen. Hmm, what do you think of that?
2: It's probably not that's probably not a million miles from the truth. <laughs> I mean I mean no seriously I mean you you can see the stratification taking place. Do you have the mm-hmm. Excuse me have you had one shot have you had two shots so basically you know, so I fall into a category now where I can go to countries because I've had double vaccinations mm-hmm. and not have to worry about uh, quarantining when I come back, even if those countries then go on to the so-called red list or amber list. As far as the UK is concerned, the fact is I've got zero intention of coming back to the UK anyway. So, so I don't intend to come back. I wouldn't have to um, re-quarantine when I did. But yeah, there's definitely. Um, there's definitely a almost like a not a have and a have nots, but have had done and have not had done and, and will not have done. Um the the irony though is when we have um mass protests here in the UK talking about oh give us back our freedom, the day after they've been given their freedom back by not having to mask anymore, by not having to um uh you know, wear masks while they're inside shops it, without having to show proof uh, of a of a medical exemption or something like that. I mean, you know what freedom? What freedom is it you want? You know, I, I, I get people complaining and uh, and demonstrating for freedom, but exactly what freedom is it that you think you don't have? Hmm. I don't
1: know. No, yeah, yeah. Um Being forced to be vaccinated one year in a category who will never feel bad symptoms from the virus is inhumane. Silence sciences, that people that have caught COVID, who have survived, which is the majority of people develop a better hum- immune system against the disease than vaccine gives. All right. Well, I I don't know about that, Charizard. Um, see, see, see. There's there's these different conflicting ideas as well, where like they're saying that the that the non-vaccinated are making these the virus mutate, and then there's another side of it where it's saying that the vaccines are making it mutate. And technically, this is immune therapy because we're not really killing the the disease itself. We're just sort of tampering it. Um, so it's not even really a vaccine per se. But you know, whatever we will call it, whatever we want. So, so I, I don't know. What do you think about that idea that maybe the vaccines are sort of contributing to the to the variations that we're seeing?
2: Well, maybe they are. But what's a what's a bigger contributor to the variations, uh, or to the to say to the outbreak, and then the uh, explosion in variants like the Delta variant is mm-hmm. when. Governments, and I'm thinking here about the government of the United Kingdom in particular, are well aware of a new variant um, occurring in somewhere like India, and deciding not to close down India as a destination, sorry, as a place that can where people can travel to freely here because of political expediency because our our great leader alexander boris de Pfeffel johnson decided that he really desperately wanted a trade deal with india mm-hmm. so he kept the travel corridors open between india and the united kingdom for three or four weeks after having been told no you know look they're flipping dropping dead from this new variant out there no 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 we'll do this because i must go there for my photo opportunity which then didn't happen because the Indian government said, no, we need to cancel this photo opportunity, by which time Delta variant was here. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to criticise the you know, India as a nation. Uh, it was to criticise our government because they should have put, shut down the borders mm-hmm. or they should have shut down that particular travel corridor. But no, Delta variant got here. And then it was, you know, it was off to the races by the time that they had decided to actually close that corridor down. It was too late. Again, too little, far too late. It's it's. Time And again, I'm more worried and I'm more concerned about the effects of um, incompetence like that than I am at the thought that maybe having vaccines are forcing it down this path or that Mm -hmm. path. You know, we're doing a bang up job of providing an environment where these variants can take hold. Whether or not we use um, – whether or not the vaccines are contributing to that. Did that make sense? I think I had a point there and I kind of went after <laughs> it. It makes
1: enough sense. <laughs> it makes enough. <laughs> uh, you're an idiot so you can say shit like that. Yeah, no. Well, that that's the interesting thing, right? Like, Because uh, when you talk about these trade deals and stuff, is that sort of going along with what's happening with Brexit right now? And I know things sort of got just sort of. Oh, yes.
2: Yes. Well, exactly. So here, you know. So, if you want to talk about break shite, sorry, I don't call it Brexit because it was just designed purely to break shite and it has done so in a spectacular fashion. Um, so, if so, in the interest of balance, I am um, not going to give you a balanced view of Brexit Fine. <laughs> because I complete, I completely and one hundred percent disagreed with it from the word go. It should never have happened. Mm-hmm. It should never have been put to the to the population as. Um, as a referendum because because the basis on which it was put as a referendum was flawed. And I'll come back to that if you're interested. The problem we have now is that we had um, most favoured trading nation status with the the biggest economic bloc right on our doorstep. And now we are treated as a third party. The United Kingdom is treated as a third nation um, by the European Union. So all of a sudden there's a whole manner of Blocks and red tape, and problems with logistics and customs, and basically trade trade of goods between the UK and Europe has as, as effectively ground to a halt. Um, so in the desperation to replace that, you see the government you know flailing around trying to replace it with trade deals, like with Australia, and they tout this marvellous new free trade deal with Australia, which accounts for 0.17 percent. Of our trade with other um, with other nations, whereas we've just willingly given away the forty percent of our trade that we had with the European Union. So again, the the Indian trade deal was designed to give Alexander Boris to Pfeffel Johnson a quick PR win um, that he could point to and say, "Look at this great deal." But it's a great deal for India. It's not such a great deal for um. It's not such a great deal for um for the United Kingdom, but. We're on a high. We, the United Kingdom, are now on the weakest of all possible feet, because you know we have we have a terribly weak hand. That everybody knows it. So nobody's going to give us a terribly good deal because they know that we've got nothing to to back it up with. You know, it's like it's like it's like trying to it's like trying to win a hand of poker when you know that all you've got is a hand of absolutely duff cards, and so does everybody else. They also know that you've got no cards in your hand. Why did
1: uh, so? What what even started the whole? Wh- I mean, because because I looked into it a little bit, and I and I know immigration had something to do with it, and 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 uh, just terror laws have something to do with it, and so can you kind of give us a reason why it was sort of something that even came to be? All
2: right. Well, this might take. This might take. I'm going to give myself five minutes, and I should probably <laughs> set myself a timer. So here we go. All right. There is a difference between the reasons why people wanted to have a referendum and the reasons why the referendum even came about in the first place. So I'm going to go back a little bit in time, just a little bit. 2010, the the Conservative Party became the largest party in government, but they did not have a majority. They had to go into a coalition with the Liberal Democrats in the United Kingdom. And the Conservative Party was scared that the right wing of their party were going to effectively boot out the the moderates and the and the pro European people and that be, uh, and would actually join forces with what was then called UKIP the United Kingdom Independence Party to campaign for leaving the european union so as a as a sop to the right wing of his own party, David Cameron said to them. If you don't do this, if you give me five years in coalition with the Liberal Democrats, then I will then we will hold a referendum within a year or two of winning the next election about whether we stay in or leave the European Union. So that was why the referendum was first put on it, because David Cameron was a was a twat who was scared of a certain part of his own party. So that's the first part. But why why are it but but if you look slightly wider than that? Why were people of a rich disposition? And when I say rich, I mean very rich disposition, most keen that now was the time to get out of the EU, which we've been in since, you know, the early seventies. And it was this in 2015, the European Union said we are going to introduce legislation, which will make, which will mean that if you have your money in offshore tax savings, they will be taxed as if they are held here in the EU. And this was like, you know, this is the, the line that we cannot you know, that we, we cannot countenance for certain rich people within the United Kingdom and also certain exceedingly rich people in the United States. So they decided that they had to get us out of the EU. Otherwise, they'd end up having to pay tax, you know. But the problem was that a load of millionaires and billionaires going to the British public and saying, can we please leave the EU because we don't want to pay tax, probably was never going to pass muster. Nobody would ever vote for that. So they had to appeal to people's sense of nationalism and fear of the foreigner and fear of an EU army and fear of Turkey joining the... And all of these lies that were then put forward as being, you know, this is why we've got to get out of the EU. We don't want these unelected bureaucrats in Brussels making our laws. Um, and that was the basis of the, of the Leave EU uh, and Vote Leave campaigns. Basically, a bunch of lies. What they needed was the population or the people who voted in the referendum to vote to leave. It didn't matter what reason they gave, they just needed them to vote to leave. But what they wanted was having got the vote to leave to then have a government that would take that and run with it, and get out on the on on what to them were the best possible terms, which means for people like me and seventy other million people in this country, the worst possible terms, i.e., a hard Brexit, the hardest of hard Brexits. So the referendum was never meant to be binding; it was an advisory referendum. It wasn't a huge majority. It was fifty-two to forty-eight of those who voted, and the largest contra- and, and most of the largest sector of people in the, in the referendum didn't vote in the first place. So it was a, you know, thirty-three percent, thirty-seven percent. I think, who actually voted in favour of leave of, of those who could have voted. Mm. But more importantly, who was not allowed to vote? Sixteen-year-olds were not allowed to vote. So youngsters young, young youngsters at that age who were going to be impacted most by any decision to leave were not given a vote. Unlike in Scotland, where 16-year-olds were allowed to vote when they debated independence from England back in 2014, 2015. Mm. can't remember exactly when they had their last referendum. Um So that was the first section of people who weren't allowed to vote, but also people who'd been out of the country for more than 15 years were not allowed to vote in the referendum, even if they still felt some firm kinship to to the United Kingdom. I mean, they're living abroad, but they still felt, you know, British. Yeah. But by appealing with a whole series of lies, such as Turkey's about to join the EU, we're going to be flooded with Turks. Lie. Mm-hmm. The European Union is about to launch its own army and we're going to have to send our, you know, our brave men and women to, to join this army. Lie. Uh, we said, but this was the big one. This is the one that got most of the traction. Uh, wrongly. Uh, we send £350 million a week to the European Union. Let's give it to our NHS instead. And they put this on the side of a bus. Boris, uh, Alexander Boris de Pfeffel johnson uh, and Michael Gove stood in front of this bus and said, oh, absolutely, we'll do this. And the day after the referendum result came, they said, well, that was actually a lie. We didn't mean that. We can't do that. You know, it didn't look good. But absolutely lied. Lied and lied again. Told bigger lies. And as soon as they had the result they wanted, admitted that they had lied. That's a good start, do you not think? But they got the result they wanted, and then the government that came in afterwards, because David Cameron having said that he would stay whatever the result, this is the Prime Minister, said that he would stay whatever the result of the referendum, guide us through this, resigned the next day. Didn't get the result he wanted, resigned. We ended up with a government that said, we're going to take this advisory result, we accept it's the will of the people, and we will leave the European Union. That was not what was. That was not the basis on which the referendum was put to the population. But that's what they did.
0: Mm.
2: And then you know, and and then spent three years trying and failing to get a deal through Parliament. And we ended up in the situation where we had the worst of all worlds. Wow. Um, why? So that a few rich people could save money on their taxes, yeah. but even more so than that, so that some of the some of the people behind some of the worst of what's going on in America, and I'm th- you know basically from the, the the Coke suckers or the Coke sucker, thankfully one of them's dead now, um, and <laughs> Grover Norquist and the in the World Economic Forum and the uh, World Taxpayers Organization, the team million right wing libertarian think tanks have taken a look at you know, this little island off the coast of Europe and thought, hmm, if we could segment that away from Europe and if we could get them to drop all of their regulation for employment protection, environment protection, stuff like that, and open up to this notion of free ports or charter cities and start our businesses there with a nice captive workforce who, you know, basically don't have any employment protection anymore, probably don't have any food on the shelves because we don't have a lot of food on the shelves at the moment, stuff like that we could have a right right, nice time with our companies over there on the edge of Europe, but not being controlled by Europe. Mm. So if you want to know where Brexit really started, that's where it started. And that's where people will look at me and think, oh, that's a tinfoil hat you're wearing. <laughs> but is it? Right. So I will accept, you know, people can, can dig into it and I'll quite happily provide, you know, um, pointers towards... Um, towards the arguments and the evidence that have swayed me or moved me in that particular direction. Brexit was sold to the people as this great thing about, you know, taking back control of our borders and stopping immigration and this and that and the other. And it was never about that. I mean, it was the single biggest lie ever foisted on this country. And now this country is going down the tubes and it will take a generation to pull itself out of it if it ever does. Wow. So does that answer your question? (laughs) I did say I would go off on one if you asked me that. No,
1: I I appreciate that because I've never had anybody really break it down. I, you know, I I read some things and and I, you know, I still. The biggest thing that I've that I've heard from it, and this is coming from a music side, is that touring now for for UK residents is is a nightmare.
2: Yeah, I mean, basically, so if you are a UK band. Um, and you were used to going and touring in Europe, for example. Now there is a whole raft of extra um, visas and uh, customs documents in relation to your touring gear and equipment and stuff like that that actually make it uneconomical to do it. But the heart, but the worst part of this is that the European Union offered the UK a deal that would stop that from becoming a problem, and the UK turned it down because they did not want a situation because the because they didn't, want it, they didn't want a situation where Europe was seen to be the, um, you know, the, the white knight, the, the good guys in this. Mm-hmm. So by saying, no, we're not going to take that. Yeah, they've absolutely stuffed it for, for, you know, for UK bands. And I feel enormously <laughs> sorry for them. UK students, we used to be a part of an exchange scheme with European universities called the Erasmus Scheme. The European Union offered to allow UK students ch- the chance to remain in that, and the government said no. We will start our own scheme. What well, are they calling the Turing scheme or something? Which is but a fraction of what the Erasmus scheme offered. But because it's 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 our thing rather than their thing, that's deemed to be somehow better. It isn't. In all respects, we end up with you know the worst end of a very shitty stick, and it's. It's frustrating. It really is.
1: So, following, so let's say that your quote-unquote tinfoil theory is uh, is is what is real. Right. What would be the point to do this? Because wouldn't that eventually just hurt the UK to a point of you know I I, I don't know like how how what. What would be the point to do this, and why would they want to take taken How, keep it, it? How does it play out? Is it okay? Well, yeah. let's think How about this. How does it this. play out? Yeah. So now,
2: so now that the UK is not in the European Union, we're no longer subject to any of the. Uh, the regulations and the guidance that the European Union puts on us. So all of the uh, employment protections that we used to have in place can now be junked. All of the environmental protections and environmental standards can be junked. Um, Things like, whereas we had high food standards... So high, in fact, that we couldn't import things like chlorine-washed chicken from the United States or hormone-injected beef from the United States. Awesome. You know, now, now we can. You know, not I'm not saying that, we, I'm not saying that I particularly want to. Right. I'm saying that that can now be done, and that wasn't possible before.
1: Oh, that's
2: um, So, you know, so, so basically this place, this, this little island, uh, off the northwest coast of Europe, um, becomes attractive to people who want to, who want to place their businesses here. But have a workforce that doesn't have the employment protections they used to have, where you don't have to provide um, pensions or health insurance or stuff like that, where you can probably get away with paying them less than they used to be, because who's going to, because who's going to say otherwise? Um, And what other options do you have? Well, if you're a, if you're a UK employee and you don't have the um, the ability or the or the willingness to move to another country, oh, and by the way, of course, you've also lost our rights to live and work uh, and travel uh, to 27 other states that we used to have. That was freedom of movement. We used to have that. We don't have that anymore. Right. Um, then they're kind of stuck here in the UK. Ooh. Um sorry, I was just seeing what somebody had written there in, in chat. Sorry, it oh. caught my eye. Um so it's attractive to those, as I mentioned earlier, the 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 libertarian thinkers and shakers who actually want to set this country up as a very cheap and deregulated place to do business. And this is not the only country in the world where this is being uh, where this is being considered. It's already taking place in Honduras. Mm. Look into a, a city called Roatan. Um, but they'll do it. They're going to try to do it here. Um, a better way to actually force, and a, and a way to enforce, should we say loyalty, not loyalty, but in fact... Um, Compl- uh, compliance in the part of uh, the UK workforce is to gradually reduce the value of that workforce's ability to say no. So, for example, if there were to be... Um, Reducing protections on pension funds, for example. So look at legis- so there is legislation being passed that will allow firms to do um, sneakier things with the pension funds that they hold for the people who've worked for them for a number of years. If you put somebody in their fifties and sixties into a situation where they can no longer depend upon their pension funds. They may have to go back to work and they may have to take you know, any job that's available to them. And if they're all jobs without employment protection or health insurance or even you know a statutory right to holiday, um, people a hungry people, a poor and hungry people are going to have to do what they have to do. And a poor and hungry people is what's coming. Yeah. We already don't have enough food on the on the shelves. We've we've got a huge lack of we don't have the people in on the farms to pick the produce out of the ground to send to the shops. We don't have the lorry drivers to get stuff from the from the from the farms to the factories. Um even if we had the people to pick them. Um, everywhere you look, somebody will say, we'll have the army. We'll have the army drive the lorries or we'll have the army do this and we'll have the army do that. We don't have a huge army either. I don't know how these army people are going to do all the things that they could put up for because they'll each to be doing five or six jobs. Right. You know, just to... Um... Oh.
1: Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's I'm, okay. Calm down, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's infuriated. And, you know, like there was some... I feel like in 2008, when the financial collapse happened here in the United States, Mm -hmm. something similar happened to, uh, especially in the area where I live in the United States, which was historically known for, you know, the Industrial Revolution, Detroit, um, this whole area, the Midwest area, steel. Um, You know, that was completely gutted. And when that financial crisis went down all these companies all like Ford and GM they all decided that everybody's losing their pensions and everyone's getting a, a like a pay cut you know you had people working there their whole lives who are depending on those pensions and now getting a job there, you know, I I can't speak too much out of this, but you know, getting a job there now was nothing like it was getting a job at, at a factory back in the day. You could actually own a house and two cars and do a whole thing. Like, like people who worked at the factory could live a middle class, a true middle class life. <laughs> and, and, and sort of what happened was is that it all sort of got gutted. And, and exactly what you're saying where it's like, Uh, they fortunately they didn't reduce like they didn't take away like you know standards and like you know health standards and 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 stuff like that but you know they they did take away you know pensions and they did cut people's livelihood down to nothing and and now when you get a job there you know your people are really happy to have it but it's not like it was and 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 going forward you know i could see Uh, maybe, you know, another financial crisis absolutely taking things out or or AI or
2: whatever, but... Finally, you should say that. I mean, we had we had a, same time, two thousand eight. There were a number of banks that got into severe difficulties over here. Mm. A couple were let fold. Others were saved by the government, and the government then took a you know a part ownership in them. And uh, as as indeed was right and fair. Um, this time around, I mean, one of the predictions that I made to those of my friends who would listen was that I fully expected that within a, within one quarter of us leaving the EU, there would be one bank. Failure, and within two quarters there would be a second, and that would then lead to run the banks. Now those haven't. Now I would say that because any of my friends who might happen to listen to this, or uh, you know, or watch the, or listen to the podcast, or watch it on YouTube afterwards, to say, "Hey, Cat, what about that time you said that?" Well, yes, I made those predictions. They haven't come true yet, but I think that's only a matter of timing rather than the fact that they won't happen. Mm. Uh, And at that point, the shock that this time around. This government particularly will not look to save those banks, will not look to save the deposits of those people. Mm. Um, so, you know, for that reason, I took the steps of, of moving my money out of UK, uh, the money that I had uh, out of UK banks and putting it out, outside the scope of that, sh- of that shock. Wow. So that if it happened, I couldn't... Protect everybody else, but at least make damn sure I wasn't going to lose, um, you know, what what I did have yeah. um, from from those activities, yeah. you know, from those events, and I tried to um, convince. The people around me that they might want to think about doing the same. They didn't have to do it. They didn't necessarily have to do it the same way that I did it. But that they should at least think about the possibility. What well, if you go to what if you go to the bank in the morning and you know you can't get your money out? And there was quite prescient BBC drama series called Years and Years. I don't know whether it's made. It's whether it was. I, I know it was shown on the states, but which actually showed that kind of thing and it kind of mapped out over the next ten years what could happen. Um, and one of the things that happened. Was a large, you know, a large run and collapse of banks, and then suddenly everybody's stuck in being in the gig economy and having five or six jobs, just trying to scrape a, you know, scrape a living and put some food on the table. Um, sorry, I'm too old to do that. <laughs> I haven't got the energy to cycle a bike around all that. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I feel you. I feel you. No, it's it's almost like they're trying to create another environment where they can just sort of. Pay the least amount of money to get the most profit, which is the the whole basis of capitalism, kind of right. It's like you know you want to make the most with the little amount, littlest amount of input. And 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 and, you know like uh, I'm not trying to be crude or anything, but it's looking like they want to sort of create more places like China, where we can just, they can just ship their, you know, like this is what happened. This is what happened here in the United States. Like they, we shipped a lot of our manufacturing over to China. And when the pandemic hit, we didn't have cotton, we didn't have medications. And, and, and even when now, now with the, with the pretty widely accepted lab leak, you know, that, that whole situation came from America too, where we couldn't do those experiments here And we couldn't, you know, we couldn't fund these kind of, this kind of research here because of our regulations. So why don't we just ship it over to China where we can just do whatever we want because, Mm. you know, because why not? We'll just shit all over those people. Uh, And and so, like, it almost feels like they're trying to sort of make that into a uh, they, the elusive they. Um, It seems like it's like. People are the powers that be are trying to exploit its workforce to the to, to the fullest potential. Would you agree with that? Or,
2: or I would. I no. I, I, I pretty much. I think you got it word for word. I am just looking at something that it's me Calvo said. Yeah. I always heard Brexit was originated because the UK wanted to be great again. <laughs> Paraphrase. Well, here's the thing. That's how it was. That's how the the vote Leave campaign. Dressed up this referendum hmm. to the population to try to get enough of them to vote for it, but it was that's how it was sold. But it was never about that. Remember the the, the point of Brexit, from the point of view of the people who funded those campaigns, was to remove the to remove the UK from the purview of the EU. In relation to this horrible tax legislation, horrible in their eyes, tax legislation that the EU proposed to bring in. And from the purview, from the from the perspective of the um, you know, the extreme right wing from the United States, the, the coke suckers and the Steve Bannons and the um, you know, the, the the, the the same people who bankrolled your former guy, um, were also had a very large hand in bankrolling all the shit going on over here. So really, to say that there are, um, to say that there are parallels, <laughs> the, another slogan from a carrot coloured person, in the US from those years, to say that there are parallels is absolutely it it holds water. It bears examination. Yes, there are the same hands we were jerking on the same strings.
1: Mm. Yeah yeah and, and that's what's so weird about it when people are saying, you know tinfoil hat, you know accusing people of being tinfoil hat what what are you talking mm. about? It's like over these past few years, there just seems to be like this trust in 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 government in, and I know there's a lot of mistrust, but it seems like or not government. I would say trust in in corporate. Uh, interests and corporate like this idea that a uh, wall street backs joe biden so yay you know like what when when did this shift come to where we believe and and we think that these corporations are something somewhat of a benevolent force of nature like they like they really do have our best interests at heart and I I don't know where that comes from, obviously good marketing, I guess, but it's, it's I, I don't know, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this in general, but it just seems like we're, it, it does seem like if you look at it, you know, from a zoomed out position that, that they're trying to sort of uh, force us into this sort of slave-like uh, way of living, where it's like, where, where, where they have to put fucking nets around the buildings, so we're not jumping to our doom because all we do is work and exist in these in these you know near slave uh, environments. So like, I, I don't know. Like it, it just seems to be uh, it, it seems it seems like a dark way to think about things. But when you look at it like that, it, it does seem to be the direction we are headed. Uh, it,
2: indeed, know. and unfortunately, I mean. As an individual, you look at the situation, so myself, look at the situation and think, well, what can I do to effect change here? And the reality is there's very, very little that I can do. We tried to, myself and and, and people who thought similarly, tried to stop this from happening in the first place. But the moment that the EU referendum went the way that it did and then the moment that the 2019 general election went the way that did you know our hands were effectively tied? Um, which is why I no longer see any point whatsoever in staying here. I mean, to be fair, I wanted to leave, or I wanted to go back to, to play to Berlin where I used to live, you know, long before now, but other, other. Issues uh, got in the way and stopped me from doing that. I felt quite ill uh, and I wasn't in a position to go back. I mean, I'm over that now, but unfortunately, the time has now moved on and I know and I can't now go back to live there in the way that I used to. Mm. But having said that, I look at do I want to stay here long term? And I really don't. I really, really don't. This country is absolutely going down the tubes. Mm. Uh, And sadly, I think it will be at least a generation before it can put itself back together we are so deeply fractured between those who cannot cannot admit that brexit was a bad idea who are so sold on this notion of you know taking back control of our borders and getting back our blue passports which we could always have could always have had anyway. Uh, and you know all of the all of the jingoistic nationalistic populist rhetoric that they were that they were g up with by the um by the Leave campaign, um, and people like me who are so convinced that it was a bad that it was a bad deal, and and the evidence of our eyes pretty much every day reinforces that it was you know the worst thing that could happen. That's a that is a huge. It's it's a divide that that's probably on a par between the divide between the kind of like the progressive and the yeah you know, and the small-t conservative uh, side in the United States. You know, the, the, kind, all, the, the kind of issues that you guys deal with over here, we deal with them the same way over here. Mm. Uh, and it's very polarised. Uh, I don't see it changing. and I, I don't see that coming back, you know, within a generation, if then.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to be around to see it. I don't want to be here. To see it, and I certainly don't want to be here and having to queue up for no food on those shops, and um, and surrounded by people who you know, surrounded in an environment where people are being forced into that kind of you know near indentured servitude mm. um, of a job because their their previous job protections are all gone.
1: Yeah,
2: and to say, and and here's the thing: I mean, people say, well, just because just because these regulations have been taken away doesn't mean companies are going to do it wrong you know companies are already firing their employees to rehire them on the worst terms because now they can right Uh, unsurprisingly not everybody's happy about this and some people when fired in these um in these ways don't then re-sign but that's that's a cost of doing business to these you know to the companies fine so some people don't come back we'll find others Yeah, that's kind of how they think about it
1: yeah those the way that corporations like the way that corporations just sort of weigh like people's lives or environmental damage is like well if we dump this sewage su- or this this toxic waste into the ocean we're gonna get fined uh two million dollars but by dumping this into the ocean and not getting rid of it properly. We would we have saved, saved so much more. So let's
2: take the fine. Fifty
1: million dollars. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? It's like, fuck it. It's two, a, two million. It's already.
2: It's a, it's already happening here. You've got water companies in you know, are, are actually just dumping raw sewage out into the sea around the coasts. Why? Because they'll take the fine because that's less expensive to them than the actual cost of treating the waste in the first place. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah.
1: When when it comes to just like lives over dollars over yeah. lives is, is just the, the everyday way of life in in those people's minds and it's just it's like uh, how do you even get to that point as a human being but i guess it's you know it's it's a lifetime of, of what is that called you're being um, taught that i guess or Grooming—it's a lifetime of grooming. to well, here's the interesting thing:
2: um, you could most of—not all of them—but I would say 75 percent of the people who are now the loudest supporters of Brexit in the UK government were actually on the side of remaining up to 2015. Some of them, including Alexander Boris de Kettle Johnson, our most esteemed Prime Minister, up to 2015, he was as pro-EU as they came. Uh, and something happened between 2015. He was either offered a load of money or some compromising material was found or, or, um, or taken. In 2016, there he is leaving the charge for leave. Um, and most of the members of his current cabinet, who are now absolutely aren't the pro, um, you know, pro-Brexit we're not. They campaigned against Brexit to start off with. Uh, but have, uh, should we say, seen the light or have been made to see the light. Um, I don't know. I smell a big fish in, in, in relation to that one.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I can't stand that shit, man. I can't. Ugh. It, it, it is the worst. It is the worst. Um, <laughs> Raina wanted to know if you thought that <laughs> Texas or California would pull a Brexit... And uh, I, I don't know, I mean... I, yeah, well, I
2: mean, it's been, it's been talked, both of them have been talked about in the past. Yeah, I mean, how many times, have we, was it it I mean, I've heard the, uh, the, the phrase for uh, um, there, but uh, and equally, you know, Texas um, uh, asserting its right to independence. I don't know. I mean, you can only imagine that seeing that, that a um, you know a a so-called popular vote gave permission to that within the UK would embolden those who want to see that for you know for for Texas for Texas or California. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I I could I could see Texas
2: and California doing it. I mean, I could see
1: a uh, large chunks of the of the United States is breaking off, like you know, like Northeast, you know, like the whole New England side, and then. The South, Georgia and Mississippi. You gotta take. You gotta take Alabama and Arkansas though. And if Florida's down there, <laughs> if fucking, okay, and then Texas would be its own thing. You know, and Midwest would be its own thing. <laughs> so I, I mean, I could definitely see. I mean, the way we are so polarized in this country, it, it, it would not surprise me at all. Um, and, and it is interesting when you go to these different these different states, you really do feel like you're in different countries like it is a, like when you go to Texas, you don't feel like you're in in, in the South America, you know, South American South, you feel like yeah. you're in Texas and I, mm. I happen to like Texas, my family come a lot of my family lives there or comes from the area besides Mexico, but like they, they sort of were in Texas. So I I love Texas. It's a, it's a cool place to me, but I know that there's some weird people there. (laughs) Same way in California. I love California, but it's some weird people there too. Uh, Yeah. Small groups were able to get the masses to vote for policies that were only beneficial to those groups. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. yeah it's it's yeah. it is uh i wish that politicians would zoom out and see how their decisions can impact the world more than just focusing on getting re-elected and passing what they want yeah well i don't i don't know how to change that what would incentivize politicians to to actually work for the good of people rather than the good of themselves i guess taking money out of it not allowing all these uh what do you call them uh, the the assholes that go and uh you pay them to go and tell politicians how to vote
2: lobbyists lobbyists yeah Tax and uh Packs
1: and and all that stuff yeah i, I mean the dark money the, very very dark money uh yeah i mean maybe starting there getting money out of politics would probably help that but how do you do that <laughs> <laughs> uh capitalism capitalism sees nature as a free resource until it all runs out mm. um, what was Papa sweet say uh, uh, carrot color do we have uh do we have orange folks running around <laughs> we do <laughs> we do he who shall not be ashamed yeah the scourge of the south persona pumpkin <laughs> punchable pumpkin <laughs> you're trying Papa. you're trying to see that's not
2: that's not the association i want to have with the word pumpkins i want to think of pumpkins as being you know a a nice happy children's song grammy Uh,
1: award-winning award-winning
2: grammy winning absolutely (laughs) and
1: we don't want to associate pumpkins with the no we don't the the (laughs) the other yeah i was just You know, speaking about how you know people sort of change their mind or have special interests at heart, I was reading. I was reading a little bit on the how the CIA sort of uh, helped the drug trade in uh, Afghanistan and how, like, uh, Karz, uh, what's his name, Karz, Karzai's brother. You know, Karzai was instated as the the prime minister or whatever they have over there. And his brother was a, a, a drug lord <laughs> out there. He was, he is, he was Scarface, uh, who was running the heroin uh, uh, trade. And so, you know, like back in the day, you saw soldiers just sort of standing around guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan. It's just, it, it, there's always, it just seems like there's always some sort of ulterior motive to these, these situations and, uh, I mean, money. Uh, I don't know like uh, what what do you think about where we're at with Af- oh hold on let's, let's do this because this has been in the queue for a while we're going to talk oh, about government. we're going to talk about Afghanistan but uh, but Papa asked for a had a question and I have sort of been um uh, I forgot so uh, how do you feel about the exporting of American culture do you enjoy it do you feel it causes problems ooh Papa um... Big Papa <laughs>
2: I guess in American culture, so here we're probably talking about English language culture. So we share. So in that respect, we share. We share, um, you know, the language in common. Mm. So if you were to ask this, for example, to somebody from France or Germany, where they feel their own native language culture being kind of like swamped. By you know by not just culture from you know by 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 culture from the United Kingdom but also from the United States as well you probably get a different answer do I think it's do I think it's a bad thing personally no I don't you know at the end of the day um, I'm a huge fan of a whole bunch of you know things TV series films music what have you that comes across from the states. But because we have that, because we have that main language in common, then it's not like I feel that my my nation's culture is being swamped by it. I mean, I I think that the, the what we produce here in the United Kingdom stands up and can kind of like punch its own weight with uh, with what comes in for the United States. So no, I don't I don't personally, and I'm and I I don't speak for the United Kingdom, but I don't get a sense that we feel that we're being kind of like drowned by it. Hmm. Does that does that answer the question? Uh,
1: kind of. I think, uh, you know, I, he asked uh, how you felt about exporting, the exporting of American culture, and then uh, do, do you enjoy it?
2: Uh, well, personally, I do, yes. Uh, I mean, not all of it, but then again, I don't enjoy all of, I don't enjoy all of, um, you know, this, this country's culture as well. I mean, I, I pick and choose. I'm a discerning kind of person. Um, but, yeah. Generally speaking, I, I feel like I should probably have a more contr- contrarian or um, or strident uh, answer, given <laughs> given the tone of some of my other answers here. But actually, on this one, I don't.
1: <laughs> do you feel like it causes any problems? You know, especially I, I guess even more so. You know, American culture, even in the entertainment and just our attitude and stuff. Do you feel like it? I mean the it influences
2: it influences but I don't think it kind of like over overwrites I mean we have very definite so for example within you know within the UK music uh, I mean, there are very definite um, strands of UK music that are specific to this country uh, and they're probably inspired by, you know, rap and, and hip-hop, but are, but you know, the grime and the urban scenes here are very much their own thing. Mm. Um, and they don't take no prisoners and not, they probably don't feel threatened by what's, you know, by what's coming over the latest or greatest from the United States. They're doing their own thing. Mm. Um, so... I don't think. No, I. I, mean, I personally, I don't think it's a. Um, it's not like something that's swamping creativity that that's here and wouldn't otherwise get a uh, get a look in. Um, I mean I got plenty of I have you know I have plenty of friends from the United States who the first thing they'll say is you know what's what what's what's good what's coming out of the UK what are the what are the you know what are the new drama series what are the new things we should be looking out for on um, uh, on you know Netflix or um, or Amazon that have been coming from the UK so I can give them you know sometimes a kind of like a three or a six month head start. You wanna be looking out for this, you wanna be looking out for that. Yeah. Um and vice versa. You know, they'll let
1: me know. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I've been – that I've sort of been going over in my own head about, you know, the influence of, of America. It's like America is like – you know, America is not the most popular country in the world right now, uh, especially coming off of four years of, of whatever that fucking garbage fire was. But the – but what there is, what is interesting, is that people are so quick to shit on America, but then you know, have their entertainment, have the culture, you know, like be, be huge fans of the culture, and then you don't have to be. You can love a culture and not like the the government and and what the government stands for. But but I I do have to give a defense in defense of America. We fucking. Are the shit when it comes to the entertainment industry. We fucking murder. Uh, we, people want to be like us. People and uh, they 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 try to copy us. So just just for one for America, we fuck, we're number one. <laughs> the one thing we're, we're not number one in education or even in their internet speed, but God damn it, our entertainment is fucking par none, son. You so, got it. I'll give you that one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anyways, um, you know, I, I did want to talk about Afghaz a little bit just because yeah. of what what's going on out there. And,
2: and well, let uh, me let, let me ask you a question. Please, so please. this is so they, because I mean, I it's been I don't know, I I don't know how it's being portrayed on you know on screens on news on newspapers over your way, but I mean the images over here have been shocking oh, and yeah. horrifying it's and shocking. quite you know absolute uh, images of you know mothers passing their you know, their their babies, their children up over barbed wire fences to to save them, even if they can't be saved, even if they personally can't be saved. Now, here's the thing. When when was the first time uh, that people in the United States first paid attention to Afghanistan Um, would be my question? And I would guess, but I'll let you answer if you want to have a go. Oh, oh, no, I thought you were
1: asking a question, but if... if Well, it was a rhetorical rhetorical
2: question. Please, then you answer. Go
1: for it. I would say probably more in the the later 90s when uh, Osama bin Laden started uh, doing his terror campaigns and then obviously 9-11.
2: Yeah, so basically, I mean, so... Me being a little bit older, I would. Have, the first time that I became aware of it was in seventy nine when the Russians invaded. Because then we had in nineteen eighty the the Moscow Olympics, and then there was there was a boycott by America and other nations uh, because of you know Russia's invasion. And in the case of the UK, we went to, to the Moscow Olympics, but we uh, competed under the uh, uh, the uh, International Olympic Commission flag rather than under the you know the, the Union flag. We didn't have. You know, God Save the Queen played on the, any of the medal ceremonies, so that was the kind of the visible demonstration that took place. But, but, but that was probably, I, I guess, when most of the Western world paid attention. But when was the first time that the United Kingdom, you know, stuck its oar into Afghanistan? Um, at least a hundred years earlier, when England was out, you know conquering or trying to plunder half the world literally uh and take its resources and in the hundreds of years prior to that take its human resources as well you know so there is a lot of historical blood on the hands of uh of the united kingdom in terms of a lot of countries and and in relation to afghanistan no less you know we meddled in that country for the last 150 years and it's never turned out well uh the thing the thing that you know, so how can how can we as a nation put right all of that historical meddling? And the and the short answer is we probably can't. But what we can do is stand by the commitments that we made when we went out there as part of the, you know, the post eleven, post Osama bin Laden um, uh, forces, uh, and spent our time out in Helmand and other ways, and worked with um Afghanic personnel who were attached to our army units, as for example, translators, um, and made commitments to those people that we would look after them once their term of engagement or once, you know, if the, the UK's involvement in Afghanistan ever came to an end. And what's happening now? Uh, almost immediately the decision was made to pull out of the of Afghanistan, then the Home Secretary in the United Kingdom, uh, pretty, pretty Patel, pretty awful Patel, um, <laughs> started reneging on the commitments that have been made. You've got Afghan students who are due to come to United Kingdom universities suddenly being told that their visas are being, you know, held up, um, and unlike Dudes, why now? You know, of all the times when we should be making it easier for these people to get over here, because we said that we would make it easier for them to come over here, We're actually putting, you know, putting extra roadblocks in their way while the Taliban are rolling in and, you know, and killing anybody they don't have the look of. So the thing, so, so the the absolute fury that I feel once more towards the government of this uh, supposedly great nation is that we make these agreements and then just absolutely tear them up and forget about them because they're inconvenient yeah. and it just it disgusts me it absolutely disgusts me
1: yeah um so then yeah i mean that that's you know america the same when I mean, we we have our whole history of just nah, we're not going to do that anymore. I mean, the natives here, you know, got a good taste of that. It's how we would give them some land, and then we'd find out there's resources on it. We're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Take that land. You we're can t- have
2: that land over you there. You go over That's there like or the or best of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and so there is, the, there is sort of this tradition of just sort of, nah, just doing whatever we want and just – you know, wh- whoever suffers the consequences, well, that's on them. And they you have sacred
2: land. No, we want to put a pipeline through it. So let's just, you know, move aside.
1: Can you move the sacred land over a few feet? <laughs> that would be really, really convenient. Um, the, <laughs> the the the. You know, with with them pulling out right now, and and which which I, I'm I'm all in favor of pulling out because I just I don't like I, I don't like war, and this thing has gone on for twenty years, and it was supposed. I mean, I know you just laid out way longer than twenty years, but but supposedly, you know, it. But we've been sort of fighting this war on terrorism and and it's just been this ongoing it just feels like it's more of a money pit for for it just feels like it's a money grab more than anything it just felt like you know the powers that be the people who are supplying these uh these weapons and and they're just like let's keep this ship rolling but it does seem like this this pullout is so strange in the way that it it just any kind of promises or anything like that we made, we're just leaving. People are just getting left behind. The people who are helping us were getting left behind, and something is not ringing right in my ears. And I am—I'm very much into ending wars, and uh, but but something doesn't seem right in this, and I, I'm not sure what it is. It just—I I don't see Biden as some sort of anti-war guy, especially because he's the, the way he's voted his entire career. So I, I I'm not sure on what the the bigger picture is here, but uh, there definitely does seem to be something wrong with this picture.
2: Well, I it, I think it would be there are agreements that have a, were allegedly drawn up between United States and uh, higher up people within the Taliban under a previous administration that probably they're looking at it, um, the former guy the. Um, the predecessor to mr biden so that's probably one area of uh, of investigation that you should look at but i just sorry my eye was caught there by um vile but sober yeah well i mean india is never a perfectly defined country in terms of territory afghanistan was identified as one part of india borders only became defined when the british came. well here's so another example so there was there was um a uh, a geographical area and what was you know, And what was the, 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 the British solution to that? Well, let's partition. So we'll partition between Pakistan in the west and India in the middle and uh, eastern Pakistan or what became known as Bangladesh in the east. And, you know, didn't that work out nicely in terms of just leading to a few million people dying in ethnic violence? Uh, and likewise, um, in, in the area that became known as Afghanistan or the Afghan um, territories back in the... Uh, you know, back in the 1800s, you know, we've just gone around the world. We, England, went around the world uh, and just carved up and left chaos uh, and uh, and death and destruction in our in our in our wake. And where is the where is the paying back for that? You know, it's almost like our. You know, so what is England's original symbol? Well, is it Ireland? No goes back earlier than that you know we have so many original sins of places that we've absolutely screwed up around the world and i would be one of the people and i am one of the people who would say there has to come a reckoning for that and whether that be in the form of reparations or whether that be in the form of you know we're about to go down the tubes or are going down the tubes in terms of this nation's uh, international reputation and that's probably a bit of karma long overdue karma coming coming home to roost um, well, that certainly should probably not an answer, that, which is probably not an answer to the question that you, point you were making about Afghanistan. But I was saying, my, my thing about Afghanistan is you know, we've got some deep historical debts to pay back there. Um, uh, and even if we don't, we should bloody well stand by the agreements that we made to people in the last 20 years or so to look after those who agreed to help us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's my thing It's like, you know, if we're going to pull out, let's pull out the people who are on our side and uh, let's figure some shit out. Like, because the, whether this war was right or wrong, uh, the, there was people involved and there was people who helped us and there's people who who like put their lives on the line in, in, in hopes for something better. And in, in the end, it, it, it didn't turn out that way. And uh, we we should at least at this point, at this juncture, you know, give back and and help these people out. Trump administration made unilateral agreement with Taliban concluding in May 1st, pull out Afghanistan government not included and didn't agree. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff, too. Like we spend all this time training their their armies and stuff and, and nation build, you know, quote unquote, nation build. And and yet, you know, these these folks put their weapons down immediately. They didn't fight. There was no gun. I don't think there was any shots fired, but I could be totally wrong. And the Taliban just has been just marching in and taking over. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand. You know, I, I, I just, I'm not sure what we were doing over there for the last 20 years. If 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 this is how it concludes. And... I, I don't know. Do you, do you know, cat? <laughs> I mean, besides extracting resources, which I, Afghanistan does, do they have a lot of resources? Do they have like deposits of
2: like? Uh, well, they grow some very they grow some very attractive plants. I understand that can be tended. Yeah, but that's
1: right. Well, yeah, and now they now they have what is it? Was eighty to ninety percent of the world's uh hair, uh opiate trade is coming from afghanistan now uh, so yeah hindu kush <laughs> can't do anything about it. uh so that that is that that is a weird thing it, it just seems like um like you know how we left all the 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 equipment over there it just seems like we're trying to come back or something like we're trying we're setting this up so we can come back and do it again um I, I don't know would you agree with that would you, or am I just talking I feel like I'm just
0: I well
2: here's the thing there isn't any I, I believe in history no nation has gone into after Either what is now known as Afghanistan or that area in history, and it ever come out with anything but a bloody nose. Yeah. Um, the rationale or the justification for going in this time, in that it was, you know, it was the hiding place of of um, uh, Osama bin Laden and uh, and and his associates. Um, was that has that job? I mean, is is the is the perception or the or the consensus that that job is done? It doesn't feel like it. I mean, the Taliban are still there, and you know, they were to an extent, his um, you know his his colleagues in uh, in his endeavors. But the fact remains that it's beyond the power. It seems to be beyond beyond even any of the major powers to go in there and affect any to effect or facilitate any long lasting change. Yeah. I think that is terrible for the people in Afghanistan who are not Taliban supporters, of which there are many. Mm. But the Taliban are too strong for them. You know, and all the time that UK and US were there, they were just biding their time. Mm. UK and US say they're moving out. Taliban says it's our time again now. So do I know what the answer is? No, I don't. But I do know. That we have a commitment and we have obligations to some of the people there. We can't save all of them, sadly. Um, and the, I guess my my sad feel is that probably some of those who are left behind are more fucked up because we went in there in the first place than if we'd stayed out, you know, at all. But. I don't know. I kind of, I want to believe, I want to believe that all of that time and all of the lives lost and all of the service lost, both on, servicemen lost, both on the UK and the US side and and any of the other coalition forces in there were not completely in vain. But it does kind of feel like they're just being, you know, that their sacrifices are just being, well, you know, it's our time to go now. So stuff it, you know, they died. So what? Yeah. Certainly, the, certainly, that seems to be the attitude of the UK government, and it's just one more reason for me to feel thoroughly disgusted about them.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, the 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 other fun part about this is that uh, we've funded the USA have, has funded uh, the <laughs> Taliban, and and now you know we're supposed to be angry at them again. And uh, let 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 let's, let let let's look at our friend hillary i'm just interested i want to i want to see because i know there's some confessions by hillary clinton
3: (laughs) we also have a history of kind of moving in and out of pakistan i mean let's remember here the people we are fighting today we funded 20 years ago and we did it because we were locked in this struggle with the soviet union they invaded afghanistan and we did not want to see them control Central Asia, and we went to work. And it was President Reagan, in partnership with the Congress, um, led by Democrats, who said, "You know what? Sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's deal with the ISI and the Pakistani military, and let's go recruit these Mujahideen. And let's great. Let's get some to come from Saudi Arabia and other places, importing their Wahhabi brand of Islam, so that we can go beat the Soviet Union." And guess what? They retreated. They lost billions of dollars, and it led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there's a, a very strong argument, which is wasn't a bad investment to end the Soviet Union, but let's be careful what we sow because we will harvest. So we then left Pakistan. We said, "Okay, fine. You deal with the stingers that we've left all over your country. You deal with the mines that are along the border." And by the way. We don't want to have anything to do with you. In fact, we're sanctioning you. So we stopped dealing with the Pakistani military and with ISI, and we now are making up for a lot of lost time.
1: There you go. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Billary. Um, yeah, so there there is that fun oh, thing. I, I know Cartagena has something to say about this, so let, let's read what Cartagena's got. Uh, January 15th, only 2,500 troops left. The only thing that changed in Afghanistan is that the Taliban officially came out as controlling the country. Uh, military never had an exit plan, and it was the main concern from the beginning. Afghanistan turned into cash cow and minor proxy war. Right, uh, we accomplished all military objectives and scheduled a pullout. If the Afghanistan government and people won't fight the Taliban, then it's not our problem.
2: Okay, well, I can't answer for the for the Afghan people, uh, the Afghani people, but I can absolutely um, point a finger or two once again at uh, at the UK side here. Where was our uh, our foreign secretary while while the? Um, The horror show at, um, you know, at Kabul airport going down. It was on a beach in Crete, enjoying himself on holiday. Um, While other people around were saying, we need to be doing, you know, we need to be taking a lead. We need to be taking a stand on this. He was busy, you know, having his uh, having his holiday and didn't want to come back early. Eventually, the you know the UK government were recalled and sat in Parliament. I think it was on Wednesday, and spent all day talking about this, achieving the square root of nothing. But at least they were all forced to to come and uh, admit to the fact that um, that there was a problem. And our and our and our. Brave service folk uh, at the airport were, were left dealing with this particular problem, and the and the consuls uh, and the um, consul general there was saying that we will not leave the country until we have processed all of the exit visas that we can for those people who are entitled to them to come here. So while the government wasn't taking a stand, the people on the ground were doing what's necessary. So while I I say I have nothing but praise and. Um, an admiration for the efforts of them. The fact is that they were left absolutely high and dry by the foreign secretary uh, and um, and his department in London. Hmm. You know, why is that? Yeah. If he had any, um, if he had any honour, which sadly appears to be a thing desperately lacking in uh, in, uh, in our government these days, you know, he would resign. But no, he's squirming and. Um, Trying to cover his ass now with a with a flurry of ongoing tweets about all the things he's doing, the things he should be doing anyway, you know.
1: <laughs> Today I signed some stuff.
2: Yes, precisely. <laughs> Today I made a phone call to my colleague, you know, to my counterparts in the United States, and we agreed we need to have a serious talk about this. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Um,
1: We've uh, come to an agreement that we should talk about this in the future, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 weird, weird times, weird times to be alive. Uh, the fact that the Taliban now possesses U.S. military vehicles is dangerous. You know, I, I, I guess, man, I guess. Like, I, 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 I'm pretty, you know, like, I, that's what I was saying. Is like why would we just hastily leave all this stuff behind? And I'm thinking from I'm I'm thinking from the tinfoil hat guy because that's I can live there sometimes, uh, but like I just see it as just sort of a setup for the next time because it just seems like Afghanistan has become sort of this punching bag where we can just you know a lot of people a lot not a lot of people a very few amount of people can make a lot of money uh it, it, it you know it, it, it over years and years and years i mean look at this 20 year thing that just happened uh with the united states and now we're finally pulling out it's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a, it well, does. Follow the way. money.
2: See who, which, which, which private organizations or contractors made money out of the, the 20 year um, you know, involvement of the, of the forces over there. That would, be a, that would be a good place to start. And it's worth also pointing that once again, historical precedent, I mean, the shots that I saw on Monday or Tuesday of the helicopter taking off from the, uh, from the embassy, you know, and I thinking about the same shots from 75 in Saigon,
0: hmm. When
2: helicopters were taking off from the US Embassy in, in Saigon. What happened to all of the equipment and the material the, the military equipment that was left behind in, um, in Vietnam when the final withdrawal was made? Well, I think it ended up at the time leaving Vietnam as having the fourth largest air force in the world, you know, thanks to all of these blank jets and what have you that had been left behind mm. because they could not be, they could not be. Uh, removed in time, so I think you know the Vietnamese were very happy about that. You <laughs> yeah, know, thanks sure for, the Taliban, thanks for leaving us all the gear, guys. You know? I'm
1: sure, the Taliban is a uh, having a victory dance for that one, and and yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we just look at this simple Google search, fucking Fox News, but yeah, uh, Vice President Dick Cheney, former uh, former company, uh, former President Dick Cheney uh, of of Halliburton uh, as vice president awarded a $600 million military contract to Halliburton. So, you know, th- this is this is the kind of grossness that has become was become like the war machine is like now our our politicians are coming from these companies directly and just giving these contracts right out to their friends i mean this is you know this is this is where it all started this is where it all yeah. fucking started for 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 this for this version of the war uh you know fucking dick cheney and and george george w my god Um, I saw some controversy about military dogs getting seats on the emergency flights out of Afghanistan. One side says human lives matter more. Other side says it's highly trained military dog and the army doesn't leave troop members behind thoughts. I'm going to say if it's between a fucking military dog and a baby, bye dog. Fuck you. Thank you for your service. Bye. (laughs) No offense to the dog. I love animals, but I'm not going to – if a little baby who's screaming and a mother who's crying to get their baby out of a war-torn country, I would say fucking eat this dog. I'm taking your baby. Let's go.
2: Well, I'm going to say why not both? As the uh, as the meme would have it, you know, we got not? more. Pe- if we've got more people to get out, send more flights.
1: Well, th- that too, that too. But if it did come down to it, Catosaurus, mm. wh- wh- where's your heart lie?
2: Why you treat me like that? <laughs> <laughs> Why you put me on the line like that? I just, I'm a dog lover.
1: <laughs> I know. I I'm a love people just, lover
2: as well. Yeah,
1: look, I love dogs. As well. I had a dog, my last dog I had commissioned to have it painted. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's hanging on our wall, okay? she. Well, the was, painting of the dog. No, not the dog. Although it would have <laughs> been cute to have her stuff. I think Raina did suggest having her stuffed, but I think that would just oh, been no. morbid. Uh, it would have been awful. Uh, I couldn't handle that. Every day I'd yeah. just be crying. Um, <laughs> just like having grandma fucking stuffed. It's like, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, uh, Calvo, wh- what did you say? But it's the same old song and dance. The U.S. having an obsession, mania, against communist-leaning countries. The same thing happened with giving support to uh, Pinochet in Chile, for example. Not too familiar with that. I'm fucking, I'm so bleh. <laughs> Vietnam and this Afghanistan withdrawal are Oof. not the same. This was a scheduled withdrawal. Hmm, there you go. This is scheduled. So it's not the same. Uh, on military flights, you can hang you can hang out anywhere on the plane. Plenty of space for a dog and a person. That's definitely not true. <laughs> Thank you, Carter. <laughs> uh, it's a tricky one, but I do, do think that human lives matter more. The dog can sit on someone's lap. Yeah, fair enough. But, Cathosaurus, which would you choose if you had to? A crying baby from a war torn country looking for a better life. Or, or, or a highly trained military animal, dog.
0: Got to go with a baby.
2: Sorry.
1: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I you know, I,
2: I, I, get it. I'm going to catch it in the neck from some of my dog-loving friends, and I'll just have to take that one. Uh, how is? I'll this? have to take that one. I
1: don't, I don't see how this is a hard decision, though, people. <laughs> i don't know how this is hard for you guys <laughs> uh, uh i suggested rug not stuff oh my bad <laughs> that's that's not much better right now i'm just gonna say huh. that, that's not much better but i'm happy with our painting yes me too it was the right move i agree I agree. uh anyone watched the jfk movie like it, like the old one from 1990 from the 90s or like did they make a new one yeah. so that's what, um the guilt leaving that dog is gonna kill me well <laughs> you'll have to, okay well there we go you'll have I'll to, take the air refueling you, you'll have to you'll have to uh take that to the grave with you while but sober. uh you can hang out with the baby in the air refueling bay dog can have the seat okay well um you know what though uh uh Cartagena? This was not that kind of answer. There's not- this was an either-or, okay? And where do you sit, Cartagena? I feel like that, uh, that you would choose the dog. Is that right? (laughs) What are you, some kind of dog lover? (laughs) are you, some kind of animal lover? You want to have one as your own pet? Have it live with you in your house? Uh those military dairy, military dogs can stay and fight the Taliban. I agree. Man, go 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 fight for our freedom. Rover, I'll keep the dog on my lap. You know what, but sober. That's not how this goes. That is not how this goes. Oh yeah. The Kevin Cosner one, yeah, I've seen it. It's it's cool. But they like make shit up in that movie. Like, they make up a whole character, the general. That general never existed. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character never existed. They just needed some sort of device for the movie to move along. So I don't care for those types of things. I got five kids. I can juggle the baby and dog in a seat. You know what, Karna Gina? That's not what we... That's not. That's not. what they, That wasn't... That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. And you're trying to do a cathosaurus on me and 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 and, and oh. get out of and get out of oh. answering. <laughs> uh gotta run. My work day is over. Thanks for the fun straight. Robbie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I feel like we've covered a lot here, Cathosaurus. I feel like we've done I think I feel like we've done the Lord's work here. Cathosaurus, thank you so so much. I really do appreciate you coming on the show, talking no to us. Uh, you know, talking, using your your immense knowledge and 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 intellect to uh, to guide our conversation to glory. So I do appreciate that very much. So and uh, I have a wonderful rest of your evening. Is there anything you want to add, or or is there any way you want someone to contact you? I mean, we put your information, we put your Twitter and your Twitch in there.
2: I yeah, to, to either of those. I mean, to be fair, I haven't done much on Twitch in the last few months, but uh, that may change before the end of October. I right. had a, a little musical extravaganza planned for the before the end of October.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah! G- didn't you uh, didn't you want to talk about that a little
2: bit? Or um, well. If people are, you know, I, I'm I'm sure the word will get out before I, I I wanted to do an an homage to one of my favourite sing along albums. I just wanted to do a little bit of a musical. I have a bit of a musical send off from the UK before I leave all my instruments behind. So, um, we're gonna have a bit of we're going to have a bit of fun with an old Sticks record, and I'm going to do it my way. Um, so, that sounds great.
1: That sounds great. Well,
2: I mean it'll be different,
1: <laughs> dude. But sticks is awesome. You can't go wrong with sticks. I, you don't know that. Sticks is from a period. Woo! Thank you, mighty Mighty for that. Woo. Uh, sticks is from that period where Prague rock was okay to be mainstream, which I don't
2: think st- was sticks. Sticks had some mainstream hits for sure. But I mean, like... here's the thing: Paradise Theatre is not a great record, but <laughs> it's a fun record to sing along to.
1: Thanks for that, fellow house. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just, uh, it, it's, it has its place, and it has its moment. I've been able to see Sticks, Foreigner, and Journey in one evening. Oh, wow. Yeah, right here in Toledo. <laughs> Actually, I got paid to see it, because I was working security, and uh, I didn't realize um, how amazing those bands were until that night, because at that point, I was just like, fuck this, uh, you know, I was younger. <laughs> it was just, whatever I'm into is what's cool, fuck that shit. So, yeah, youth. Kethasaurus, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful rest of your evening, and I will be seeing you around thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly, truly appreciate you and your insight into the world around us. Uh, I, I know we were talking a lot of politics and a lot of stuff that... I, I like this kind of talk, man. Uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of music, but, but I enjoy talking about these, these world issues. So, you know, I, I, and I guess you guys do too. For whatever reason, we're like hitting 20,000 downloads a week. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. Um, I, I, I truly cannot believe that you guys are out there. It's just, I mean, okay, it doesn't even make sense, okay? First of all, it doesn't even make sense. We were just only getting like 4,000 downloads a week. And that was low for us because we were doing really well in the 8, 9,000 a week. Then we jump back up to 10. And now it's like 20,000. So what the fuck is going on with you guys? Are you guys just like, what? what is that? What? I mean, I, I don't imagine it'll last long. I just feel like it's an anomaly. <clears throat> like, that's not how many people listen to this show. So let's just let's just back up. Something's playing a joke on me. It's, it can't be real. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not even joking. Like, 22,000 people listen to this podcast in the last couple weeks um that's i mean in one week so i i don't know i don't know it's a very strange time to be alive but uh what am i even talking about (laughs) i don't know jesus christ uh okay so let me just i'm i'm i'm, I'm modding here for reina on her twitch channel so i, I gotta keep it kind of brief but so i got back from labor dave weekend which is what did they all call it out there and what a weird experience that was and now i've been to festivals before i know how these things work and uh labor Day weekend is a basically a fucking hippie festival at the gorge uh, which is in Quincy, Washington. Um, it, it's a beautiful venue with it, that's in the middle of a gorge with the Columbia River running in the background. If you've never been there, oh, my God, you should. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's a beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, so a lot of people there were making up their show because last year, obviously, COVID fucked everything up for everybody. So we are... Um, this was a a uh you know the makeup show so if you had tickets from the 2020 uh, uh labor dave then you could use those on this year uh, and my buddy matt he he invited me Matt suarez music who is a streamer on twitch and a, a good friend of mine he invited me to the show he was like look i got this extra ticket uh, just come with us it's totally cool like let's fucking hang out and fucking do this shit i was like oh okay sweet and then he wanted me to help him drive back east because he was playing a gig down here at willytown in troy ohio which is you know down the street from me so um i went out there and lord and behold fucking making up for the covid fucking carter buford and stefan the bassist and the drummer of Dave Matthews' band, both come down with COVID. Wow. What a hit. I mean, that's their fucking, that's the heartbeat. And, and Carter Buford is like the man. If you don't know who Carter Buford is, he's a fucking insane drummer. Stefan's an okay bassist. He's never been really much that impressive to me, but he's a fine
0: bassist. Nothing wrong with his bass
1: playing it's never stuck out to me as something that like oh my god look at that it's amazing but um but anyways it it doesn't matter it's just it's been um it was just like a really uh interesting experience to see a band of that caliber scrambling to put together a show and you know like they basically did like tim reynolds and dave for you know dave did a solo then tim comes out and they did the tim dave show and then they brought out the band minus carter and and uh and, and stefan the bassist, and it just like it just it fell flat i mean it really did so towards the end of the, the shows, they had their keyboardist, Buddy, jump on the drums, which he's a fine drummer. He's no Carter Buford, but he uh, jumps on the drums, and he fucking murders. And then they bring out Tony Hall of Dumpsta Funk, and they fucking play a bunch of... Uh, this is the, the first night was crazy. I mean, they were just playing all the hits. It was just all the fucking hits. And then fucking... Oh, my God. And then they started playing. Um, so they were playing a song, and in the middle of the song, they're like soloing, right? And they're doing a little spacey thing, and the crowd starts to sing out of nowhere. Um, Thank you for letting me be myself once again. And, and they start doing it. Like, who's that? Is that Sly in the Family Stone? I think that's sly thank you and the crowd starts doing it and they're doing like crazy solos over it, and like it almost i mean it, it, like the crowd just holds on to it and it was like it came out of nowhere it felt and then all of a sudden like the the bands up there looking at each other and they're all like fucking, like oh, okay this is what they want and you could tell that the band did not plan that and all of a sudden Tim Reynolds just comes in with the riff. It's not even the right riff, but everybody knows what's going on, and it's fucking so dope. It was such a good show. Um, The other nights, I I didn't make it Sunday night. Sunday night, I just slept. Saturday, I was really cooked on acid, and uh, I I did not enjoy the show that much. (laughs) I took too much acid to the point where I had to go drink. The acid drove me to drink. (laughs) <laughs> um but I, I had a great time I mean the 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 acid trip on Saturday night was not my favorite but it was like uh it, it, it was a it was a good thing that I did I guess um but then i started drinking which is not a good thing but i had a great time me matt and and some people at the camp i mean the camp the campsite we were at were just amazing because like the people we were with like we were with camp chicken fuckers and the, i know and then and then and then camp awesome is like the sister camp and holy shit we we had instruments we had a, someone gave me a melodica and we just fucking ripped it and it was cool, it was fun to be the kings of the campground for, you know, just for a little bit, even, um, and then, uh, yeah, Sunday night, I just, I packed it in, I was up all night, drinking, and just, just doing nonsense, you know, like, the festival stuff, like, we spent, like, two hours trying to find this girl's campsite, and she didn't even fucking know where she was, and she just wanted to walk around, I think, I think she just wanted a friend, and we were having fun, we, you know, we we're just on a mission to find people's campsites and shit so we uh it, it was a good time I mean, it's just this group of strangers wandering around trying to help each other out it's just how what happens and then i ended up back at the campsite and i and i ended up bringing back riffraff with me And i are like you want to go get a drink and uh, the person was like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go. And so we went and got some whiskey, which I told everybody not to let me drink whiskey. But that's not me. Everybody was passed out. So at 6 in the morning, I'm being loud as fuck with my new friend. And I wake everybody up. And everybody's just like, oh, "Who the fuck is this person? And apparently they were a little obnoxious. And, well, I was told to get rid of the riffraff. So I had to go ditch the riffraff. <laughs> I can't help it. I bring home strays sometimes. Anyways, it was a good time and so <clears throat> we rolled out uh I think it was on Monday, on Labor Day, and we started back east and on the way home I I got a big job dump that I cause I was supposed to go to Willie Town with Matt and we were gonna play a set and which it turned out to be amazing like for Matt and, and there was a bunch of streamers there It was gonna be a Twitch basic, basically a Twitch meetup, and I'm so bummed I missed it. But I had so much work. I I do work for. I'm doing a big editing, a video editing project, and uh, I had to come home and finish it. So I I didn't get to go to Willie Town. So I'm so bummed because Willie Town. I mean, if you guys have been following the show for a while, I love going to festivals and talking to people on the street. On the street, yeah. I'm the man on the street. Now, I like to talk to people behind the scenes, behind the stage, wherever we've gotten some really great conversations going um, at these festivals. So I'm super bummed I missed it because it would have been a great opportunity for the show. And plus, it would have been like, basically, I would have been the king of the campground the whole weekend instead of just for like a couple hours at the end of the night. You know, so like, I, I just, oh, I, I know that sounds very egotistical. I don't care. I enjoy playing festivals. I enjoy that. This is that's what I like doing. It's my shit. <sighs> anyways it was a great weekend i had a really good time and i'm, I'm sorry i had to end matt suarez music is off to uh, a friend of ours named uh, human jukebox which i don't know human jukebox that well i just know him enough that you know he's a streamer and then they're heading down to our friends risky biscuit band which i'm super excited about they've been on the show before they're in atlanta and so uh i'll be following matt and seeing uh his streams and stuff so um, um, it's pretty cool i'm pretty uh pretty excited about all this this stuff that's happening um you know for matt and uh it it was just a really good time it was just a really good time and 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 matt was able to link up with some locals here and he's going to be doing other festivals and uh i mean that's so cool man he's just such a great networker i know i'm dick riding right now but it's definitely like... Uh, he's definitely a, a good friend. And after this, man, he, like, we were able to really connect. And he's just a good person, man. This is a really, really good person. And uh, I, I really respect him as an artist and as a human being. So uh, Matt Suarez Music has been on the show several times. You guys know this. I don't need a dick ride for y'all. In any case, um, let's see. what a, I think that's it. I mean, you know, like all weekend I've been working... And while, also, this is, I mean, it was basically a FOMO weekend. I had to come home and work while my family was, like, riding helicopters in Myrtle Beach. They went to a a wedding, and so I was supposed to be going to Willie Town and play a show. They are going to a wedding in Myrtle Beach, but I ended up just coming home and sitting here by myself watching everybody enjoy their lives from the internet (laughs) while I sat here (laughs) and edited video, and, uh, and it was fun. It was great. It, it really wasn't that bad. You know, it really wasn't that bad at all. I, I just had FOMO weekend. I streamed, you know, a few times, and it was fun. So, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, I, 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 <laughs> it, there's nothing worse than seeing, like, all your friends hanging out and having fun, <laughs> and you are just sitting there on the sidelines like... <laughs> well there is a lot of things worse than that actually like i, I probably like like coronavirus is worse than that <laughs> fucking uh just people starving or is worse way worse than that i don't know cancer that's that's much worse <laughs> that's, that's worse than that too all right, listen. I'm gonna go. I I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm so thankful that you guys um are are listening and hanging out. And it's just so crazy that uh, we're hitting twenty some thousand people. Like, what the fuck? How did we get to twenty two thousand people listening in a week? What kind of weird shit is that? Oh man. Oh. But I don't know. Anyways, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to get going. We got uh, uh, we got Mermaid Serenade is on the show on Friday, so be prepared for that greatness, and I will see you guys next week. Be good to your fellow human beings, and uh, HJ's for everybody. Talk to you soon.